friends, how's it going? It's Tiffany Pratt. This is my love jam. I know it's wild to think that I have a podcast all about love, but let me tell you, even though I'm a designer, creative director, creative person, artist, author, TV, whatever, there's absolutely nothing that I've ever done in my life that has been more important than bringing love into everything that I've ever done. And this is a podcast all about that. I have met miraculous, cool, incredible people along the way, and I want to introduce you to some of them. I want to talk to you about my journey. I want to share some of the things that I've learned. And more than anything in the whole world, I don't want you to feel alone. As a creative person, I want us to feel like a powerful community of supportive friends that can turn to each other and know that no matter what, we've got each other's back. So that's what the Love Jam's all about. Let's talk about it. Let's get down in the middle of it. Let's uncover it. Let's see all of its colors. And let's jam. Let's jam about love. That's the love jam. Coco, hey, enough's with the freaking faucet running. Let's do this podcast, okay? Give me me a minute. What are you doing in the kitchen, bro? All right. Well, here, I'm here. I'm just, I was doing the dishes and my hands were soaked and I just, uh, you know, I got the uh, Touch2O technology faucet from Delta Faucets Canada and I just touch it and then it goes off. Oh my God. Are you intrigued? I'm so intrigued. Things are sounding so fancy. Touch and go, baby. You just (laughs) touch it and it does what you want. So, So what, you installed this puppy? Yeah, it's super easy to install. Um, you can, you can hook it up to power or it comes with batteries and you don't have to get your faucet all dirty and the handle all goopy if you're cooking or if you've been in the garden or if you've got stuff in your hand, touch it with any, you know, any part of your arm or your face if you want. Uh, and it what comes on. What about your nose? You could do it with your nose. It comes on and just, you don't have to, you know, squeegee the hand. And not only that, you can leave it at a certain temperature and you touch it. And it comes on at the temperature and you've got a little LED. Ooh. Yeah. It shows you, you know, from cold to blue to red to, to hot. So you always know what temperature the water's at. It's slick times. It's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> so you're loving it. You're loving your Delta Fossils Canada business. Absolutely. And you know what? Super nice of them. And they even made a point of saying, uh, in the email, you don't have to mention this. You don't have to talk about it on Instagram. We don't expect anything but this. We just wanted to say thank you for doing the Love Jam. Can I just say that's what the Love Jam is all about? That is what the Love Jam is all about. They are pulling the love through with their generosity, not only supporting us for season two, but yeah. my gosh, you know, making the love real. They're not just asking us that's to tout right. a product. They're saying, try it. If you love it, talk about it. Absolutely. Zero ask uh, except to say thank you, which is wonderful. So thanks, guys. Delta Faucets Canada, we love you. You got Coco over here touching and tapping. Boom, in the house, touch and go. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and now let's get on with season two of The Love Jam with Tiffany Pratt. I could not think of a better way to wrap up season two, my 16th episode of The Love Jam. 
than with my soul sister. Oh, uh, yeah. Because Adria Vassal and I um, have the most magical love story. We do. And we really um, do. we're going to speak about Mother Earth, the environment. We're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about bringing love to what you do. This morning I texted Adria and I was like, are we still doing this? <laughs> mm-hmm. And what did you text me? I Bob Marley. Of course. Yeah. We had to, I was like, first of all, I can't get out of bed. My alarm went off an hour ago, so <laughs> please help me. <laughs> and we raised each other's vibration by, through song, I think. Through song. Always through song. Always through song. Exactly. And before we tell our love story, we will tell you that um, we have a secret band. We have, we have dropped an album secretly. A secret album drop. <laughs> so we have a band, just, just Adria and I. That's right. There's no instruments. There are no instruments. There are no need. There is no need because our voices are just so... So they're, much. they're so melodic and perfect. <laughs> the name of the band is Off Key and Off Color. You can just, yeah. You, you can imagine what the band's all about after mm-hmm. hearing that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so the song that I loved this morning with, uh, with you was, I never put it together because I'm so thick. <laughs> the Bob Marley song. I'm jamming, jamming, I'm jamming in the jamming. name of the Lord. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm jamming. <laughs> Right. And it's like we're doing the love jam. I had to send you jamming by Bob Marley, of course, girl. Frick. You're, you're the I was, okay. I'm, not, I'm gonna try not to swear, but no, I swear the whole time. Do you time. beep? Okay, good. All right. No, there I is just, actually an explicit warning on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I mean, and they haven't even heard off color and off key yet. So. I swear to God, the band oh, itself would tell everyone that they need to know not only about me but about you, <laughs> and mostly about us. <laughs> mostly about us. Exactly. Adria will know the beginning part of any song. And then I somehow know the meat of every lyric of the of the song that you've chosen. I only know the first line of every song and break out spontaneously uh, pretty throughout, much. Throughout the melody. Constantly. But, you know, like a few times an hour, probably. Randomly. Well, it's because you find a word and then the word will remind you of a song. Yeah. And the, it's the first part of the song. It's like a, it's like a tick. It's like I have Tourette's for singing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't stop. I can't stop, Tina. I know, um, but I love it so much. It's my fave. So, okay, you've just become a new um, listener to the podcast. That's right. You're a new Love Jam listener. I'm really embarrassed because, like, you are my girl, my home girl, my soul sister. And um, how have I not listened to your podcast until now? And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so good. She's like, <laughs> Oprah, but better. I got to listen to this all the time. So thank you for not oh. judging me and giving me a hard time. and being Oh, please. Best, but. <laughs> but the reason I'm bringing it up is because now I, I know that you're familiar with the flow. Yes. Which I is, I start all my love jams with our love story. Yeah. And I always delight in how I've met people, but I feel like the, the listening audience is going to quite like this one. This is a pretty good one. This is a good one. I think so. Um, and it really, for me, for anyone that's listening, you have to know this is a true love story. True. For me. Me too, 100%. And I am so honored that you're here because you are one of the most accomplished, intelligent, incredible, stop it. soulful, <laughs> beautiful humans I've ever met. And I've, I say to you every time we're together, I feel so grateful that you're my friend. I am so grateful in reverse. So I came out of my studio hibernation and I remember walking down the street, Queen Street East, where I live, and there was a magazine that's out on, every week it gets delivered, and it's called The Now Magazine. And for how long were you at Now? 15 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for 15 years, mm-hmm. you were writing a column for Now called The Ecoholic 
column. Exactly. So I remember I was walking down the street. I see your face because this particular time you were the cover girl of the Now magazine. Which is really not a big deal when you work for the magazine. So they're like, oh, let's just put you on the cover. (laughs) You got a new book. All right. No. Okay. So um, what you should know is if you Google or look up Adria Vassil, A-D-R-I-A-V-A-S-I-L, she has a website, adriavassil.com, correct? I'll try and update it before your listeners actually go on it. And even if you don't, you could still still get on Amazon and buy one of her four books that she's done with Penguin Random House. Um, And it's all Mm -hmm. things environmental and eco, and she's been writing about it for over 15 years. So this is an authority. Anyways, I don't know anything about this girl. All (laughs) I see is this bright, beautiful face on the cover of Now Magazine doing wheatgrass shots. And you're wearing a green shirt doing wheatgrass shots with this look of joy on your face. And I said to myself, I absolutely have got to meet this girl. I love her. I don't know who this is. I even I didn't even pick it up. I just saw your face. So I love that. Right? Mm-hmm. I just saw your face. Mm-hmm. The first time <laughs> ever I saw your face. Oh, See? You, they should know that like, we're going to we sing the whole time. At all. No. <laughs> but that's why we have that. a band. People will want to hear what I think this is the beginning of is our radio show where we talk about things. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. It's like you just said it when you sat down. What was that skit with Alec Baldwin? Uh, sweaty balls with the uh, PBS ladies on the radio making, I don't know what the hell. Yes, that's us. We're a hundred we million <laughs> percent the homebodies. Yes. That want to talk about baked goods. It's true. Except neither of us bake, which is the funniest <laughs> thing. <laughs> like when I bake, the usual view is, like, oh, you know, it's something to eat. So <laughs> we, could, we could share our recipes. It'll be glorious. My recipe is how to boil water, usually. You're good at tea. I am. I'm really a good really tea. good tea maker. That's true. That's it. So I see your face and a high school acquaintance of mine, out of the blue a week later, says, hey, I got this uh, invitation to go to this book signing. Do you want to go? And I say, sure. What's the book? Who's the person? She said, oh, it's Adria Vassal. And it's her new book, which was, I believe, at the time, your fourth book. And it's called Ecoholic Body, your ultimate earth-friendly guide (laughs) to living healthy and looking good from supplements to shampoos, clothing to cosmetics. That is a very long-ass subtitle. And I apologize. I have nothing to do with the subtitles of the books. (laughs) As you know, Tiff, as an author now, like they they railroad you. They they tell you what to do. (laughs) They're like, okay, so we like what you're saying, but we're going to do exactly what we want anyways. Mm -hmm. We don't care. So I show up. Oh, what is it? Another week later. Right. I'm standing in a big long lineup because there are a lot of people in this fair city millions, millions. that are obsessed with you <laughs> and your books and your message. And I just want to tell anyone, this is not some, okay, now I'm holding the book in my hands because it's just for posterity, but this is a, almost a 500 page book. Okay. And I just have to interrupt and say, I have a problem with brevity. So just cut me off at any time when I'm talking, but uh, no, I like it. <laughs> Random House was like, we want you to write a shorter book, please, this time. Uh, like, maybe just a couple hundred words. And I'm like, yeah, 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 of course, no problem. And then <laughs> I handed in 500 pages. They're like, okay, we'll, we'll cut off. We'll, we'll try to bring it down to like 4.95 for you. <laughs> no. I apologize to Random House and, and to all my readers who might have tried to get through the book. It's I don't expect you to read the whole thing from beginning to end. Okay, it's not that kind of book. I actually look at that as like a, for me now being, I would say, um, not even remotely the author that you are. You know, I was like so excited when I got, I think my book is like 260 pages with tons of photos. Yes, um, but you're such a good writer. God. Oh, please. You're just a natural. Um, when I hold this this thick ass book, it just gives me a sense of what's rolling around inside of your head all the time. And this is one of four. Okay, I digress. 
I'm standing in the lineup to buy this damn book and I see you and I feel like the ultimate fangirl. I swear I was staring at you with this like anxious smile on my face (laughs) for 20 minutes. Like, (laughs) she's going to look at me. She's going (laughs) to, oh my God, we're like three people down and four people. I get to hug her (laughs) and four and one more person. (laughs) She will be my friend. (laughs) Oh God, here she is. I just saw like this orange and fuchsia bun, like top knot. (laughs) Uh, you know, floating around the room. And I was just like, who that? Oh my God, that is the coolest chick in the world. I re- Okay, I hope like, I, and one of my friends came up to me and she's like, there are a lot of cool women around here. And I'm like, no, no. But have you seen that girl over there? Like, oh my God, they were, I'm like, so it was a mutual. Time, like, yes, we know, well. We felt each other's vibes. I felt your vibe from the minute I saw your beautiful face. So here I am now. I get my moment with you. I buy your damn book. I'm like, oh my God, I just, I saw your, and I think I even told you then, I saw your face in the cover of Now. Like I came clean. Right. I was like, I'm just so excited to be here. I'm kind of new to Toronto. I'm, and (laughs) and I was like, we should have like a total fangirl. We should hang out sometime. And I was like, yes, of course. So we did. We totally did. Within a couple of weeks, we had a, we had a date. We nailed it. I was like, this is my girl. This, She's taking action and we're going on an adventure. And it really has been. Well, I think it's funny that you should say she's taking action because I believe when people come into our lives, you know, we, we bring something to the table of relationships, of friendships. And this, okay, by the way, t- taking action is totally you in this yin-yang relationship. Well, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you teach me the art of slowing down, that's right. relaxing, mm-hmm. chilling the frick out. Chilling the frick out. Exactly. Slowing. We do all the hippie, weird, cool, chilling, lady vibe all things together. It, Anything it, I can ever think of. You're the only person I would ever meet for dinner in my pajamas or a sweatsuit 100%. with no makeup on. 100%. Like, I think you of all people have probably seen me at my worst. Oh, which is gorgeous. You always are like, but I'm not. I'm like, shut up. We are eating Indian in our pajamas and it's going to be glorious. And this is what we do. It's true. You're right. You know? And you know, at the same time, your can-do attitude in life means that when I hang out with you, I'm also like, you know what? Today, I think I'm inspired to do my taxes two years late. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we hung out, it made girl. you get a new cell phone. Yeah, that's right. Because right? I had a cracked phone for like maybe two months and I couldn't read the screen or the phone calls. The phone in. <laughs> was beyond the, th- I have never seen anything so messed up in my life. <laughs> but see, it made me pine for the days pre-smartphone. And when right. I, you know, before I went to the TELUS and said, TELUS man and said, I'm here to get some counseling on the fact that I'm going to be getting a smartphone. <laughs> I know you closed 10 minutes ago, uh, but I need another half an hour of consoling before <laughs> I sign up for this. And please, I give you full authority to, if you see me down the street, holding my smartphone, walking down. I, this is like four years ago. Slap to me. slap me. And he's like, okay, okay, can you? Yeah, I will. Now just give me your credit card. And, and we'll- <laughs> what kind of a plan do you want, lady? And you might want to buy a case because you're likely going to drop it and smash As I it. have yeah. many, many times. Yeah. And you have. And that thing when we were together a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I don't even know how this thing functions. You couldn't see the pictures you were taking. Like it was nope. comedy. <laughs> it was pure comedy. I was like, please, please go get a new phone. And five days later, I did. See? Yeah. I want to start when you first got inspired to pursue a life holding up Mother Nature, holding up Mother Earth, and 
having the world understand how they could be more mindful of that thing, that planet, that earth that holds us. Mm, I mean, like, how far back do you want to go? <laughs> no, take <laughs> because, me back. Because I, I think mean, people, you know what I love? This is what the Love Jam is all about, is actually getting to the heart of like, what inspires us? Yeah, right. And like, what gets us going? And why do we choose the path that we chose? I mean, for me, like I was an 80s kid and I grew up in a completely non-eco family, like the opposite. My dad moved us to the armpit of Quebec. Sorry, show it again. But uh, <laughs> to open up a... <clears throat> a McDonald's. And wow. uh, that was like deep shame for me in my early activist years. I actually never told anyone. And now I'm, I'm like, I'm proud of it because it's hilarious, I think. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Because then you they can have milkshakes with, anytime you wanted. As many processed McNuggets as you could want. And for like a six-year-old kid, it was... Heaven. Heaven on earth. I, and I was a chubby little happy 80s child with like a <laughs> flock of seagulls haircut at eight years old. It was uh, so I always standing in line going, can I have more hot sauce on the fun Sunday? And then, <laughs> um, but yeah, my family was not green at all at the time. And then um, we moved back to Montreal where my family was from. And... Uh, and I was like in my tween years when uh, I was sitting down to watch the news with my dad. And he was like, you know, I think the first guy to watch CNN all day. And, uh, <laughs> and he, uh, and I, I remember seeing the Exxon Valdez oil spill and I was like 12, 13 years old and just seeing all this black, shiny oil just smother all these seabirds. And it was, it just freaked me out. It just freaked me out. And I remember having this urge to go and help and feeling wow. very helpless, helpless. And I, um, um, and that was the initial impetus that just kind of cracked me open to pay attention and to realize that things were not right on this planet. And then I, I was just actually going through a drawer of old random things. I'm like, oh, we should purge this house. There's too much crap. And, and I found uh, an old like, notebook from grade six, seven, eight. They were all full of like, save the earth, save the earth. Drawings of hairspray oh cans God. destroying the ozone layer and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And uh, yeah, it just kind of uh, mounted from there and, you know, it helped. I think that my older brother, Nick, who's now passed away, he uh, he started working for Greenpeace and bringing home all the good propaganda that I was like, yes, I need all this, putting it up all over my walls and, um, and devouring it. And then... Uh, I was, it was when my family moved to Toronto when I was like 15, 16. Okay. That I uh, started getting turned on to like natural products and mm. getting obsessed with, was it tested on animals? You know, was it, is it full of toxins? And just saving up my like bus girl money to uh, buy shampoo from the health food store and buy cleaners from the health food store and start cleaning my bathroom with vinegar and all kinds of stuff. And my, you know, my mom and dad were like, what? No, Clorox crazy. all the way. I didn't know this about you. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is crazy. I became a full hippie chick and, uh, and was, um, and then became really activisty and started going to all kinds of protests for animal rights, for the environment. For, How old were you when you did that? Uh, 16, 17, 18, around all that. So I want to pause you and just 
tell you from these two beats that you just told me. One, when I was in sixth grade, I was the president of the Pollution Solution Club. Oh, girl. So I just want to tell you, I was on the other part of another province r- rolling your way, trying to oh help the planet God. with my globe earrings. Also, when my dad <laughs> had the globe earrings. <laughs> the globe earrings. Yes. Um, and then I remember O'Cotton did something for the environment. They made those sweatshirts with the planet Earth on it. Right. Do you remember this? Yes, and you had one. I had one. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. I was like obsessed. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say was um, throwback to, you know, when you're in the 80s and 90s, before this health food craze, right. for you to be 16, yep. finding the health food store there weren't that many. was not a hot thing then. Not in Mississauga. No. <laughs> Which is a, a suburb of Toronto <laughs> where there are not a lot of hot things happening. Well, that was the same when my dad was sick and my mom was trying to do this holistically and help him with his cancer. Right. We were living in this janky, weird health food store in a small town out that was west of, it was in Brantford. And okay, yeah. that smell of the health mm-hmm. food store has stayed with me forever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would go in there and eat the chocolate tofu ice cream. Oh, remember? Like, they didn't even have chocolate in the health food stores back then. It was always like cacao. It was like that weird carob stuff too, yeah. right? Nibby, <laughs> nibby stuff that they're like, oh, it tastes just like chocolate. You're, You're like, like, no. Bitch, please. Oh, this is nasty. But yeah. anyways, I just want to say I understand deeply the difference between the health food stores now yeah. versus the health food stores then. Oh, they were like legit. Real deal. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, and now it's all, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of glitz. And I mean, people who walk into a health food store today for the first time be like, glitz, you know, I don't know what they're talking about. But compared to like the grandma's, you know, uh, little health food store from back then. Yeah. And I mean, back then it was, it was a trip, a trek. And uh, I remember like trekking downtown to go to the first green store in Toronto, uh, Grassroots, which has since closed, but it was around forever. And I think we were like one of their first customers. And uh-huh. my whole family started getting turned on to this stuff a bit more, you know, with my brother Nick and me. And then and then everyone started kind of doing the same. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was actually after university that I was um, working as a researcher in the nonprofit world. And I was like, okay, what am I going to go into? I'm going to be in like international development. Am I going to work in Central America? What am I going to do? And I just remember being, you know, volunteering, trying to set up events and like, you know, uh, protests and stuff. And we were always trying to get the media to come out and cover our shit. And you send out a press release and whatever. And Nobody comes, you know, it's like the saddest <laughs> thing. There's like two people there. <laughs> most beautifully, most eloquent written press release you've ever read in your life. And it's crickets. And it's crickets. And okay, I have to, I have to confess that I remember I, I was part of one particular um, protest. We were protesting Walmart as, and we, were, we had nominated them as Sweatshop Retailer of the Year. And they were across the street at like the Metro Toronto Convention Center <laughs> at the time. And I remember borrowing, one, I'm like, mom, can I borrow one of your suits? And uh, no. Yeah. And they're like, okay, can you, we're going to do some like activist theater and I dressed up as, I think, Walmart. <laughs> and, no. And I accepted the award. And uh, it's pretty funny. But the, you know, little bit notes to me, is that how you say that? Um, my father's restaurant in Toronto, which was also like franchise, but not McDonald's, uh, was like a block away. And he had he had some customers come in and a lot of CSIS guys would work there. And they're like... Um, Peter, there's some like crazy activists outside the Metro Toronto Convention Center. He's like, really? Like, yeah, like we're keeping an eye on them, you know, totally surveying them and you should go check it out. <laughs> My dad walks no. over there. Did he know you were doing that? No, he had no idea. My mom did. <laughs> he walks over there and I am in one of my mom's suits accepting an award as Walmart sweatshop retailer of the year <laughs> like I don't know what year it was 2000 or something he's uh, like what are you doing <laughs> what what 
what are you doing? Yeah. So then all of a sudden I look at the audience. I see my dad. Audience being two people uh, in front of <laughs> the Metro Convention Center. And, but it was around that time where we were just always trying to get the press to come out. And I was still, you know, fresh out of university. And I didn't know what I was really going to do with my life yet. Completely other than wanting to help. Always that having that urge of like wanting to help and wanting to make a difference and uh, wanting to speak out and be part of that kind of thing. And um, on a lot of different causes. And, uh, and I remember sitting in one of these meetings one day and just going like, okay, that's it. I am going back to school and I'm going to become a journalist and I'm going to give some fucking attention to the issues that no one seems to care about because <laughs> no one's coming out. Right. To and that is what I'm going to do. And so I applied to go back to school and uh, did like a two year wow. postgrad Ryerson thing uh, for journalism. And, uh, and yeah, and then like started interning at Now Magazine my first semester at Ryerson. Oh my God. And uh, I was like, and then started working for them, which was, and now really encourage you to be an activist and a journalist at the same time, which is not the case for most media outlets. So. Well, I was just going to say, I think what you did is you sort of were a trailblazer for taking the thing that you loved yeah, and writing about it yep, and putting it in a place where the masses are reading it. And the thing for me was like, ah, oh, so much writing on the environment is, was just so boring. I was just like, ah, oh, this is like really dry and painful. And, and, you know, especially if you're reading through reports and stuff and the way journalists can write about things, no offense to my brethren in the media world, but like newspapers make you write about it pretty squarely. And the nice thing about now is that I could like swear, I could be myself, I could talk like myself when I wrote and they encourage that. And you know what I'm going to do right now? <laughs> you know, shit. Yeah, you, you, you know what I'm going to do right now. <laughs> okay, what am oh, I going to do? Shit. Um, okay, actually, I just opened up to a funny page that oh. was so in keeping with something you just said. Okay. I'm going to give you a little excerpt. From uh, the Ecoholic Body book, just so you guys get a sense of Adria's flavor. It's and not it's, the section on like sex toy reviews. I was actually or going to do the sex toy one. Oh, shit. If you wanted me to? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, no. It's okay. okay. So I'm going to do the hair care one. My childhood memories are clearly compartmentalized according to hairstyles. There was the classic bowl cut era followed by the flock of seagulls swoop. Blame my older sister for that one. Then the Cosby Show inspired perm. Yes, I was convinced a mousy haired, half Greek, half French Canadian girl from Quebec could rock a good fro. And that was all before I turned 12. Just imagine how much petroleum-based gel mousse and nasty perm chemicals my body was taking in, not to mention the cans of ozone-depleting hairspray that kept all that in place, or at least tried to. Through the years, we've all suffered for our hair, and in turn, the planet suffered too. Can our morals and follicles live in true harmony? This is how you write. This is what I love. This is a flavor of the vassal. So what I love is that, and I noticed it right away mm. when I read your articles, when, I'm sorry, when I read your column and I read how you write, write your books, right. is you talk like someone who isn't geeking, is geeking out, but is geeking out playfully right. with a comedic spin. Yeah. It has and to be comedy. When did you get that voice? When did you develop that voice? Oh, uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't know exactly, except that it just came out, I guess, when I started writing it now I think before that I was probably trying to write quite seriously and uh and uh you know I I grew up in a family with a lot of comedy my dad made us watch I mean the truth is I just watched way too many Mel Brooks movies as a child <laughs> <laughs> like that's the real truth um and then uh and then a lot of Woody Allen early early Woody, like bananas and like the shit that nobody wants to watch but you um, hybrided all this fun <laughs> childhood weird quirk yeah with the serious topic of Mother Earth and the environment. Because you know what? I mean, for me, I just feel like um, I, I love my environmentalist peeps. Um, 
and we are like we're freaking out because the planet is so fucked right now and it's really things are not good Tiff and I'm always telling you this and you're always asking me like okay tell me tell me I'm not uh, what's going on I'm and like I'll, I'm like in 15 minutes or less what do I need to know like right okay now? I'll give you I'll give you a two point a two minute um but at the same time we have a problem with like um just being so upset about what's happening that we're like, we can freak out on people and also make them feel very judged. And, you know, I've been guilty of it and people have been guilty of doing it to me and we do it to each other. And we're all like, uh, you know, what the fuck? No one's doing enough. Right. And um, I know it just makes me feel bad. And then it makes other people feel bad. We all feel bad and it's never enough. And um, there's no perfection. I want to, I want to pause you there. I actually think this is a good, this is a good time in the podcast for me to ask you three hot things. Oh shit, I'm terrible at this. No, it's going to be great. You know, I have a 500 page book, so I don't. I know. I don't do no, but it's okay. It can be three <laughs> long hot things. Okay. It doesn't have to be t- like three short hot. It can be long hot. Okay. But I, I want in this moment because I have so many questions. You know, because I love a good takeaway. What do you think? The planet's a mess. Yeah. Everything is is all. We all need to be more sustainable. Yeah. We all need to think more green. I mean, God knows if I sit in the car with you or anybody anymore and my car's idling, like I hear you and just like you're in my head at all times. I do. I have been known to turn off your car, your ignition, you take Many your times. keys out. Yeah. Yep. For you. Um, but I don't, I don't say do, anything. I don't say anything. I don't go like, I don't go. Oh, I mean, I might be like, bitch. I know you do it funny now, but I don't do it anymore. <laughs> but I want you to give the people's listening three hot tips of mm. anyone who's anywhere in the world. Yeah. What could they do to just have a little bit more? green flare in their life. Oh man. You know, I mean, really it's like, it's going to be different for each person and what you're passionate about. Cause I think like every career can be greener. You know, if you're a teacher to like weave some education to your workplace, if you're an artist, you know, try working with like more natural paints, but in general, um, I think some top things you can do for the yep. planet, particularly with climate change, because we're baking this earth, like one of those 1980s commercials about like, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs with the egg on top Any of the questions? car. Any questions? Any questions? Exactly. Yep. That's essentially what we're doing to the planet. And, um, and I mean, there's three easy things you can do. And one is just like eat less meat, eat wow. less meat because meat has a huge carbon footprint and it's like more than all the cars, trucks and, and uh, transport vehicles in the world. Um, wow. or equivalent, depending on the studies. And so if we just, and I'm, I, I'm not vegan, you know that, uh, yep. but if we all eat this meat, you know, yep. um, then that helps. And also just like, I think, you know what, just like buying less new stuff is a big deal because yep. everything we buy and you'll see if you read any of my alcoholic books, it's like all I I'm big into the hidden impact of all our everyday choices. Right. And like everything we buy is connected to like workers in China, Guatemala, whatever rivers that turn blue in, in Mexico because of our genes and like, you know, all kinds of stuff. So every time we just decide, you know, I have too much stuff. Do I really need this right now? Just buy a little less, maybe buy it secondhand. You are saving an enormous amount of pollution because there's a huge unseen footprint behind every single thing we buy every day. Um, the secondhand thing, you know, is very dear to my heart. Dude, we, we bond on this big time. I know this is, I'm, <laughs> I'm all about this and maybe not in the eco way you are. It doesn't matter. But I, I really believe in the secondhand. So I'm shouting out to that hard. Honestly, like that, it doesn't matter why people and the meat thing, it. by the way, yep. I do the meats only in the restaurants. I don't make meat at my house. Well, I mean, that's what, a big deal. Whatever. But I'm just boat. saying people, yeah. this isn't saying, Adria is not saying become a vegetarian. No man. You know, my man, no man, my man, no, no man. man, comma, my man, uh, is it, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm also an editor, uh, is also a meat eater. Right. Um, but, uh, 
you know, we he doesn't cook a lot of meat in the house. And when he does, it's not a big deal. I'm not like, uh, I have no issue with it. It's just that I, you know, encourage him to choose um, more sustainable meat and, uh, you know, buying organic chicken and that kind of thing. So we uh, got the meat, we got this, we got yeah. a shop. Exactly. Shop with um, intention and also shop, you know, Value Village or thrift stores or anywhere that's been reused. I don't exactly. care where you live in the world, but 100%. try to shop you know, salvage. What, and, do you, what do you want to call that? I mean, and dude, I came from... Uh, secondhand. Secondhand, exactly. And I, I came from like, do you remember those 80s fun, fun shops in the mall where you oh, can yeah. like get stickers and stuff? And All I had the like, this was pre-Exxon Valdez oil spill awakening. I, I had the like shop till you drop stickers all over the place, you know? Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, look, I still like a little retail therapy, but um, I try to do it in a secondhand store, yep. you know? And there's so much good vintage clothing. Oh my but, God. Vintage um, and secondhand, you know it's oh, our thing. Okay, first of all. Uh, We're obsessed. Tiff and I have been known to go vintage clothing shopping together and oh, come out with like- Dangerous. Some crazy stuff. Dangerous. Uh, you, you go full on. You, you get to try more experimental outfits. But I did come home with like some kind of weird Heidi. I was obsessed. 1960s yodeling through the fields dress. Your after we boobs hung out. looked sensational. <laughs> All I kept thinking was, if only for her boobs, she must buy this dress. I'm like, your man's doing against a die. And I always I go for the times. art teacher tents. <laughs> no one knows do. what's underneath they them. They look glorious on you, though. I don't know why. I, I love mean, them so you much. know that in retirement, we're going like full moo moo, you know. I'm there already. Uh, you're, I know you're there. But I'm, I'm I've got the wardrobe for my 70 year old self already prepared <laughs> like head wraps and moo-moos and, and i'm gonna dye your hair purple when you're blind right so yeah. you won't know what color your hair is yeah that's good because you know i'll have all that and yeah. then okay third tip third tip oh shit okay wait i lost track no nope, i know i'm gonna keep you on man third tip i mean you know transport is a big deal uh like our transport emissions so even um i think we all take so many like ubers and lifts and drive when you're two minutes from the grocery store and i totally get it because we're pressed for time and i do the same thing you know i mean i was gonna bike here today in the end i took a lift but lyft does do 100 percent carbon offsets on all their uh on their rides and uber does not a side note but anyway i just want to tell um, you i only use lyft by the way i'm not joking <laughs> this is not an ad for lyft but this is not an ad for lyft no. And for those that don't know what Lyft is, L-Y-F-T is a pink colored um, car uh, ride sharing. No, car sharing. What the hell is it called? Ride hailing app. Um, and it's like Lyft, but like, it's like Uber, but less douchey because Uber has a, you know, we won't get into it. I've written very long analysis about, about Uber. <laughs> about Uber versus Lyft versus all the other things. But this podcast must be so painful for you. It's because you are such a deep diver of information and you're such a deep well of information. We're just skimming the the proverbial surface of everything right now. My problem is like, I just go down rabbit holes. And so it's it's really hard for me to just, I'm very tangential. You know, you mentioned, I'm like, how did I get here? Oh, now I'm down this rabbit hole and I can nope. go on about it for the next I'm going to keep minutes. you on track. But we're going to stay on track. And that is like, um, you know, even, you know, taking the train to from, to, to Montreal from Toronto instead right. of driving. Riding your bike. Not. Riding your bike. Walking. Exactly. It's not all possible all the time, you know, but. Rollerblading. Just, just doing, you know what? Skateboarding. We, we didn't go biking together this summer. I'm very disappointed. My, my olive is waiting very patiently in the basement. Minty Fresh. Yeah, you and Minty, she's a Minty Fresh bike and I have yep. an olive colored. We, yep. They're both granny bikes with baskets. Yep, they are. We got we to gotta get out there and hit the boardwalk. We do, we do. We you know what, we could do a little fall ride. I think that'd be nice, actually. Yeah, we uh, we like we do a lot of boardwalk walking and beach. Time to bring out the, the green bikes. Time, you're right. Time to have, bring out the green bikes. We have like a little army of granny bikes. But, so uh, right now, I'm going to I'm gonna take you another direction. Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one more thing. Okay, get to it. Because it's not like, uh, because, I mean, all the ecoholic books are jammed with like 500 
5,000 tips per book. Um, but I think one of the big things right now that I would say is because I always get political is like, uh, if you've got an election coming up near you and you do in Canada, Canadians, um, I'm going to beg you to whoever you vote for, like vote for someone who supports climate action. Even if you can't stand that person for all the other reasons, like right now things are climate so action, climate action. So I'm just going to take this moment for a little, um, what are those called? Like a break in your commercial, a commercial break to promote voting for the climate in the next election. And now we can continue. And that was uh, Drea Vassal with our public service announcement for <laughs> climate action with yeah. your next political <laughs> oh. vote. Did you hear the uh, the engine sound effect? I like that. Coco, nice one. <laughs> that was actually the motorcycle on the street. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> Can we some climate action on those guys? Uh, Coco wants climate action on the motorcycles on the street that oh my God. bust up our podcast. And then the ones that take off their catalytic converters don't even get me. I don't even know how I know all this stuff. But, you know. No, I know why you know all this stuff because <laughs> you research all damn day. Sometimes I just, yeah. anyway. I've got more questions. Go. You have a love for the, for the climate, for yes. Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. And you love journalism. Yeah. I know you taught journalism. Right. Yeah. I and I want it. you to shout. I want to shout out to all the to people out there who want to become a journalist. Yes. Who want to write. Yes. Who have something to say. Who have something to say. Exactly. I want you to give those people three hot tips. I mean, honestly, uh, okay. First of all, I know that there are there doesn't seem to be a lot of jobs in journalism right now. Um, so, but don't get discouraged, people, because we do need more journalists than ever. We need journalists more than ever, particularly you know, it's like I don't even get started on all the politicians that are bashing journalists these days. Fake news. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're not going to go there on this one, but uh, layers and the layers and the, the layers. layers. <laughs> exactly, it's like Inception it keeps going deeper. Um, yeah, uh, but. You know what? Uh, I honestly think that using your voice to talk about the issues that are most passionate, that you're most passionate about, is like the single most important thing you can do. And um, whether it's like blogging, using your social media, you know, your your Instagram followers to like t- tap out and I mean to reach out to them and and communicate that way. However it is you do it, honestly, it's just about speaking out. Like that's one thing my dad taught me. Um, he was the kind of guy. Who, keep things to himself like he that's good sometimes it wasn't great when he would like he'd be in the restaurant he'd complain to the waiter a little too much but other times uh you know you're <laughs> like oh god no here he but, goes <laughs> but other times like he, you know he would famously go into repeatedly into the grocery store and ask for the grocery manager and be like okay it, it's what's going on why is there no Ontario produce like where are the apples we're supposed to and this is like in the 90s early 90s when Fantastic. no one had stuff and what I learned from him was that it doesn't matter whether you're like you know professional writer or just you know like unemployed at home or whatnot whatever it is that you care about make it be known when you're going out to spend money, those businesses are trying to get at your wallet and let them know what they need to do to get at your dollar, especially if you think they can be greener in some way. I love this. If you want them to carry more local, carry more secondhand, carry more organic, whatever it is, um, whatever action you want them to see to have less plastic, to maybe try plastic, zero waste options, um, you know, have a friendly conversation. It doesn't have to be aggressive. Like literally just say, hey, this is so cool. I love what you're doing. I'm a big customer of yours. Or, uh, you know, I, I would like to support you more. I'm just wondering, have you have you looked into any of the like awesome zero waste packages that maybe we could have at this restaurant? And um, and I always try to do it in the really like 
loving, loving, like kind. Exactly. Like, you know how awesome it would be if you guys were the first on the street to do it? We could start a movement, you know? And yes. um, especially when I was at now, I was like, we could write about it and promote you, you know? And and that's the thing is even if you can't promote the person, you do it with your friends and that's, you do it with your family. And so just make sure you're like using your voice as a tool uh, to affect change. And, you know, I love this because I think often with business owners, you're just so overwhelmed with trying with trying to stay in business yeah, and just totally. get through the function. And I was raised by business owners, so, so I know that. Yeah. It's so great when people come in and make really great suggestions. Exactly. And it sometimes gets you thinking in a new way. I just was at a big box furniture store that has, I mean, it's not a huge big, big box, but it's six locations. And they just, they have this huge sustainability program now. Amazing. And I'm, wanna, I'm working with them Woo-hoo. because I'm obsessed with their su- sustainability program. Yay. And um, I'm not going to go into it. But I even think who you work with, yeah. become conscious about who you're working with yep. and who they, who they are and who they stand for and what they stand for. Totally, 100%. Because that's the stuff, even from an environmental perspective that I always think about is it's, an, it's not an overcurrent in my life, but it's an undercurrent for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about using what I've got instead of buying new stuff. Oh, or, you're a queen of that. I'm, I'm all about the upcycling. I'm all about the old clothes. Yes. I'm also all about um, people understanding that there are small things. One thing I absolutely love mm-hmm. is um, sustainable power. Oh, yeah. And I, I, because obviously I know I'm not going to ever be able to live without electricity. Right. So shout out to anybody, no matter where you are, if you can look into sustainable power. Oh, totally. Um, in, I don't know if Bullfrog is in the States, but it's well, called, is oh, it? Yeah. Is it in the States? Um, hmm, that's a good point. But they do have similar things like that in the States. So there's a thing in Canada called Bullfrog Power yeah. and it's sustainable power, which I have at my place and I know you have at yours. That's right. Because if you're in the city and you're in an apartment, you can't necessarily have your own solar panels or your own wind turbine on your roof then or in your backyard, yep. then what they do is they, they connect you to that. And they essentially, you pay them the equivalent of your bills essentially. And they put that money towards new green power, which is so awesome. Yep. So I know you do that. I do that. And it's a small thing you can do. Yeah, exactly. It makes a huge difference. That's something that I, I always think about. People don't even think about that as something to be green, but it's a great thing to be green. Yeah. I love that. Um, um, okay. Talking about this whole environmental stuff, talking Mm -hmm. about journalism, talking about what you've done. Mm -hmm. I'm always curious, what do people want to talk to you about the most? What's Mm -hmm. a hot topic right now? It's a good question. I mean, it's funny because when I was at Now, I had a QA and a originally for the first like decade. And so people would write in with questions every week, which was always in, in the first few months t- sad because, you know, one person writes in. <laughs> and you're like, okay, we're totally making questions, of course, obviously. <laughs> that shit makes me so, I don't know why. It reminds me of this video I saw of the Bare Naked Ladies when they first started. And they were like, t- they were singing at some like, like town, like some hall or something. And right. there was like six people in the joint. Yeah. And the lead singer goes, could everyone just take a one step back? You're crowding us. <laughs> and there's no one in it. There's no one there. There's exactly. no one in this place. It's yeah, so funny. Okay. Keep so going. Nice. Yeah. Keep going. Um, and yeah. So, you know, it's funny because the questions that you get um, from people these days are different. I think before it was like, you know, there wasn't a lot of, there weren't a lot of green options around. So right. people were asking like, where could I buy this? Where could I find this? And now it's like, you can find everything everywhere. Really. There's a lot more access. So it's more like people want to know what they can do really at this point. Love um, that. And like, even right now at my work, we're just ramping up. We're joining a campaign with 250 
news outlets from around the world, which is who have over a billion readership combined. Wow. And it's like a week of solid climate change coverage. And it's tough because it's like, okay, well, uh, you know, what do you get? People want to know what they can do at the same time, how they can have an impact. And that is a question that can be answered like big and small, whether it's a business, you know, a corporation right. or an individual. And so I think, yeah, these days I'm just getting a lot more climate change stuff because people are starting to get freaked out, you know, of course. Um, before, but I still get the like, okay, dude, uh, what's your favorite natural shampoo? <laughs> That's probably like the number one <laughs> thing people Google about me. Uh, <laughs> I have a kick-ass natural deodorant that I want to tell everyone about. Share it. Real Purity. It's oh, called Real Purity. Yeah, it's okay. a roll-on. I got to check that one out. It's natural. See, this is the thing. This is what was fun about product testing over the years. And I'm actually doing, I'm, ju- I'm judging some natural products right now for uh, an award. And no one wants to judge the deodorant category because they've tried some pretty bad, bad natural ones. deodorants. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to smell my pits. Mm-hmm. I smell so, like, it's like clean or nothing. See? They and that's work. It, it, it works. Exactly. Which one do you use? Right now, I'm using one. I've tried a lot that I actually like Penny Lane I was using before. And now um, I've test, I'm testing Element and it's, so good. Element. So it's a natural deodorant called Love it. Element. Element. Um, I think it's made in. It's Canadian for sure. Um, but it is. Yeah, it rocks. Uh, the only thing is, I'm not crazy about it coming in a plastic package, like the plastic deodorant I tubes. Know. And I want them to convert to um, to glass. So you know, we're going to use this moment to do a little lobbying. <laughs> so if you don't mind, Element. And honestly, I mean, when you're in a pickle. You can actually just take coconut oil and like... Well, I was just going to say... Close yourself down with that shit. Co- coconut oil, to anyone that's listening, I put that shit on everything. Oh, yeah. It's my Frank's Red Hot. Oh, totally. Exactly. And it will... Like, if you're not smelling so fresh, you can just pop that, rub some on there, and it like neutralizes you, bringing back, bringing back to zero. Put it in your pits. Exactly. I put it in my lady parts sometimes. You can even do the lady parts. That's um, true. Because I'm, it's a great neutralizer. It is. It I put it on my skin. Exactly. I put it on my face. I put it in my hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I put it on my dog. Mm-hmm. Like I put oh, yeah. it oh, yeah. on Didn't everything. Didn't it cure like his your dog's ear fungus or something? Poppy had an ear fungus. Right, exactly. And, and everyone was giving me all these damn drops. And I was like, you know what? And I spent a whole month massaging <laughs> coconut oil in her ears like a psycho. And I cleared that business up. And you know what? This is this is an ad for coconut oil. We're just going to admit it right now. Yeah. Okay, so um, tell me before I change topics again, because I have something else I want to talk right. about. Um, what are any other hot, be- like beauty or home eco products that you love that oh you want to share God. with the peoples? <sighs> Shit. There's so, I mean, there's so many great products out there these days. Um, so you can't really pick it. Is, is that what you're saying? It's really hard for me to pick just one. Um, I mean, I like to kind of throw support to just send people to their local health food stores these days and give natural makeup a second chance because yes. uh, people think they have to go to the Sephora's and stuff. And, you know, Sephora has some sort of natural-ish ones, but go to your local health food stores these days. There's so many great options. Yep. Uh, even drugstores now are carrying like organic mascara and stuff. Um, and Beauty product that's eco that I love. Have you tried it? Saint? Oh, yeah, that's a good Toronto brand. It's a Toronto brand. Yes. So shout out to people who want to shop online or know anything about this Toronto mm-hmm. brand. Saint is bomb. 
you know what? And he started the line for his young daughter, who was a dancer, who wore way too much makeup, he wow. thought. And he wanted to detox it, make sure she wasn't actually exposed to all this, all these toxins. So that's really cool. Because um, there are so many toxins in the makeup that we put on every day. And it's especially an issue for young, growing bodies who, you know, when if there are hormone-disrupting chemicals in your, you know, bronzer slash, you know, primer slash uh, like seven or to 15 items of makeup, then you're taking in a lot. So yeah, shout out to Natural Makeup. So I also want to say to, this is a really great thing just to get us thinking about because often we are not thinking about the chemical intake mm-hmm. of what's happening in the body because you're just buying the dish soap, buying yeah. the house cleaner, all-purpose mm-hmm. toilet bowl, whatever. Right. There's so many things that we're just geared to buy yeah. that you don't mindfully buy. Now, I have been mindfully buying for a while because right. you're my friend and, <laughs> and, 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 yeah. but, but... I, I think this is a shout out to the peoples. Honestly, we have a lot of, uh, we are inundated every day uh, just through the personal care products that we choose. You yes. Know, over like 125 chemicals we take in from wow. our shampoo, our deodorant, our toothpaste, our, you know, face wash, body cream, et cetera. And the list wow. goes on. And, um, you know, when I started 15 years ago, like there were so many toxins, even in some health food store stuff that was sneaking in. Like it was bad. It's gotten better, but there's still way too many ingredients that should not be on shelves. Like in the US, they ban, they've banned, uh, I think it's a total of like maybe at most a dozen chemicals. In Canada, we've banned like 1,200. And in the Europe, in Europe, they've banned like the list goes on. It's just wow. endless. Um, and so, yeah. It's, so this uh, is a shout out. Yes to take a deep look at your chemical profile. That's right. And to look at what you've got in your house, got in your Mm -hmm. beauty bag, got everywhere around you that you could limit or take down a notch. And you know what's a great site? It's cosmetics. Uh, Well, if you go to ewg.org, they have a cosmetics database and you can punch in your mascara brand, your, you know, your lotion, your kids product, whatever you've got and uh, your hemorrhoid cream. And they will tell you how toxic it is um, on the scale. Everything is one to 10. And so, uh, yeah, really handy, really handy for sure. You know, if you're just getting started and even today, if you've been doing this for 15 years, you'd be shocked to be like, I thought this hemorrhoid cream was totally safe, you know. Okay, here's my next question. Okay. And I think this is where we get woo. Is I believe, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but when you have a deep feeling, connection, understanding to Mother Earth, to our environment, to the earth, to the trees, to the flowers, to the air, I, it, you can't help but have a deep connection with spirituality. Agreed. And I think that that is something I've found so profound about your career is I think you started very you know, activist, raw, raw, mm-hmm. information, information, journalist, eco. But I think over the course of time, you know, you've, you've been ushering through a spiritual life. 100%. And I just wanted you to talk about it. I want you to talk about how you believe that, or if you believe that there's a connection to it all and what that looks like. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I started out in a family, though, I mean, uh, everything that I've said about them, 
aside, they they could be pretty woo. You know, my my mom, my mom, my older brother, my older brother was teaching my mom and my little brother uh, meditation, and you know, my mother was giving me like Celestine prophecy when I was eighteen, and I was what? so mortified. I was like, this is so embarrassing. I was an atheist and I was an activist, and I was like, this is such woo crap. You know, and shout I remember, out to everyone who remembers the Celestine, Celestine prophecy. prophecy exactly. Um, and so I, I I actually hid the book at the back of my closet, which is hilarious because now I have like. I'm a spirit junkie and I have every book. <laughs> I have every book. But uh, yeah, I was, it was not my gem, you know, it was not my gem at all. And um, it was actually when I met uh, Brad, my partner of 22 years. What? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. 22 years. And he doesn't seem like a super spiritual guy, but he was, he was the one who got me into the idea of like, oneness, you know, and I was like, okay, I can take that. It's not, it's not, this isn't like gaudy, you know what I mean? It's not, I, I can handle oneness. I'm into it, you know? And so it was like my entry point basically. And right. then, uh, and, you know, kind of greater connection to the cosmos and all things love that. And, but then, you know, I think through my love for environmental issues and like the planet and I got more immersed in the idea of everything being connected as an ecosystem and as, you know, a unified kind of, we're just, I mean, this entire planet, we think of ourselves as disconnected from nature uh, when we are in our cities and in our cars and in our homes. But we are nature. I mean, we are animals. We're basically monkeys sitting in two chairs looking at each other with big microphones in front of our faces. 100%. <laughs> you know, but... Um, you know, I get meta about that. Yeah. I really do. Like... Because like we wake up, we all lay horizontal for a while. Then we get up and get in our weird cars and drive around in weird patterns and then go home and eat a bunch of weird food and then lay down again. And we're like in towers and in weird boxes and standing, you know, sideways on the hurtling through the universe, uh, circling around the sun. The sun. And uh, yeah, it's pretty uh, weird. It's weird. Exactly. And I mean, I love that. That's what I love about being at the lake. Um, and being on water and being on a big horizon because I feel super connected. Uh, we're water people, yeah. but... Some know, people are tree people. Yeah, like mountain you people. need to be in the forest. You know, you're a mountain mama, you're a forest fairy, you're a like, beach hippie, you're a, you know, whatever it is, you're a water person. It's going to be different from for each person, whatever makes you feel connected. And I love being in a forest. And I love being around trees, but like, you know, water, water is my jam. And it makes me, f- when I come down, towards your house each time. And I'm only like, you know, you're not far five minutes yep. north of you yep. up, up quote unquote beach hill. Uh, <laughs> Greatest gift that my soul sister, the one that just connects with you're like minutes up the street. Yeah. No one lives on the east side. <laughs> no one lives on the east side. You and I exactly. are the only two east siders. <laughs> and every time I come down your street, I'm like, ah, oh, yes. I mean, not only because I'm like, I'm so excited to see you, but also I could feel the energy of the enormous Lake Ontario. And the one thing that I gained from doing this, um, this uh, water walk, an indigenous water walk with some indigenous elders a few years, years ago, uh, I remember grandmother Josephine talking to her and who, she's passed away now. And she's, she said, when you're in the shower, do you sing? Do you think about your day? Or do you think about the water and the lake that is giving us life? Love that. And keeping us alive. Do you give thanks to the lake? And, you know, I hadn't really. And uh, that was a few years ago now. And not necessarily every day, but this 100%, like a few days a week, I, I remember too, when I'm in the shower, 
give thanks and actually think about this amazing system of Great Lakes that is just, it's like a well. It's like we have a personal well here in our region of the world. Yes. And it is nourishing us and keeping us alive. And what a, wow, what a gift. Like some mm. parts of the world are so parched. They are, they are just drying out and, and water is such a struggle. And for us, we are truly, truly blessed. Oh and my gosh, I are feel we ever. That. Yes. I feel that. I'm really grateful for that. And, um, and, but for me, I do feel like I kind of went next level in spirituality when uh, Nick passed away. In, Your brother. Yeah, my brother in summer 2010. And he was like the family's big meditator. He was the original environmentalist and he was the, he would, he lived off grid, you know, a lot of his life and he was, he, he couldn't handle electricity even a lot of the times. He was electromagnetically sensitive and um, had a lot of chemicals chemical allergies and uh and so but mostly he was uh you know peace and love until the really next time my eyes more to the risk of chemicals but also you know he was so spiritual you know he was such a spiritually high guy who was really connected and very aware and um when he died I just happened to move into my current place where we are now near you and it was like kitty corner from a Buddhist center and I was, and I needed, I needed, I started reading like Tibetan book of living and dying and all this stuff. And, um, and I just started going to Buddhist center all the time. And then I started seeking and I started trying everything I could just to, it felt so good to meditate. It felt so good to kind of open up in this way. And I felt so connected to him. Um, like I would, like the connection to him was present tense and not past when I did this. And so that really shifted me. You know, I can say, um, one is that this is a, a very deep place where we've bonded, which is two important men in our lives mm -hmm. left the planet in a very similar way that shifted us in a very spiritual way yeah. to how we live now. Yeah. And, you know, we both have had time at Buddhist temples. And one thing I think um, that can bring you through life to deal with whatever you deal with and to start you on a spiritual path. The one thing I love about Buddhist temples is just the very simple practice of mindfulness mm -hmm. exactly. and how that also transforms how you look at the ecosystem, how you live, the environment, yes. and how it becomes synonymous, right? 100%. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually mindfulness as we know it today. You know, even corporations doing mindfulness and everyone's kind of talking about it. Um, it it's It comes from Buddhism. And that's like the essential beauty of Buddhism that I love. Even if you don't want all the other part of it, like take the mindfulness. And it is, um, yeah, it just forces you. And I, I've done a bunch of mindfulness like eight week courses repeatedly too, when I feel like, like I need a boost and it just forces you to slow down and yep. like truly be in the place that you're in and soak everything in and notice. And Walking feet on the ground. Exactly. Chewing food. Air coming in your lungs, like, uh, you water know, on your hands as you're doing the dishes, water coming. Exactly. And that's such a big thing. You know, I know you love doing dishes and I don't particularly, but I do like, <laughs> <laughs> I do have the same kind of moment when I'm just washing my hands that I gain from my mindfulness class where it's just like, oh yeah, feel that water on your hands. Amazing. Like it has this lovely texture and just like, just that moment gives you a moment of meditation. So I know people who are like, I, I can't meditate. Are you kidding me? Like, that's just way too much. I can't sit down and breathe, you know, for half yep. an hour, I'll have a panic attack. But you don't have to. I mean, that's the beauty of mindfulness is like, the, if you take a course, you'll see they teach you to do like just 
micro meditations, just which is micro mindfulness, like noticing um, eating your food more slowly. And I come from a family of like record <laughs> record yes. speed eaters, you know. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. And to this day, if I don't do anything else, I wake up. I even if I'm super frazzled, I will most days kind of have a moment of gratitude and uh, think of a few things that I'm just feeling super appreciative for, even if it's just the sun coming in the room yes. and my cat sleeping on my belly, you know, and uh, I go down to my kitchen and look out into my little tiny urban yard and, you know, kind of feel appreciative that I have this space, feel appreciative for the trees I back. And I take whatever piece of fruit I have and I eat that. Giving thanks literally to like the workers who got it to me, who were on that farm, who who were in the, you know, who were working the grocery store yes. and like the water, the soil, the everything that went into um, the sun that went into getting me that peach or. Well, I even think about when we have our Indian food. Yeah. And we put our hands over our Indian food. Yeah. And it's always, I'd like to thank the plants, animals and people yep. for making this meal possible. 100%. Um, and even if you just throw your hands over your food. Yeah. I, I do that often. Even if I'm by myself, I always just throw my hands over my food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not necessarily always to be like pure gratitude, but throwing love yeah, throw on the love. fact that, exactly. you know, you're having this meal. This is why I call it the love jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sister. Because <laughs> love freaking it love transcends. It does. Love oozes itself into everything. Yep. Love is in all jobs. Mm-hmm. It's in all things. Mm-hmm. And it finds its way to the surface always when we dig a little bit deeper. It totally does. And so instead of having to get all Oprah or, you know, big box store like gratitude. Right, exactly. You know, we can just say, I have love yeah. for this. Exactly. Like, you know, know, exactly. You just, you know, I love my little wacky, you know, overgrown backyard that probably my neighbors hate. You know, I love, I love like this. I love that I can still get a peach and it doesn't taste like cardboard. You know, I love that just those little moments and just to soak it in, even just, you know, coffee and like enjoying that moment. I think this is a great thing for anyone that's listening. You know, if there's a way to bring yourself into the moment, if you're not interested in meditation, if you're not interested in sitting around with monks like I've done or Audrey has done. Um, You know, the time I've spent with those people, what you do realize is the small things make up the big things Mm -hmm. and the little moments make up the big moments. Mm -hmm. Small things like blinking and smelling and hearing and and tasting and experiencing and sensations. Exactly. That's all stuff that's a part of being alive. And I think it makes us more connected to everyone around us and the planet that supports us and like if you're just you know it's not necessarily going to turn you into now I'm like okay I've got to go to the next climate protest you know (laughs) but it makes you just more appreciative of what we got and you want to take care of it more I think and I think you know it's I'm really happy to hear more uh environmental environmental activists that have been pretty hardcore in the past talking now about doing all things with love and having to build communities out of love yes, having to, and wanting to build communities out of love and uh, supporting each other in like, you know, in, you know, so that all the communities feel included and do it all with love. And that, you know, to hear like 
that was woven into Naomi Klein's last book and so on. And I was just so excited to see that because I thought, okay. It's a paradigm shift. The love message is getting out there. Yeah. You know? And, um, well, it's a, you know what I think of always is that big, strong emotions always carry a vibrational quality. Yeah. And to me, there is no higher vibrational quality than that of love. Mm-hmm. And so whatever you're infusing that vibrational quality into will then be healed. I agree. And so for our planet, yes. to me, yeah. there is no greater word or vibrational quality that we can bring to it more than our hands and our love. Agreed. So if you're an activist or you're writing about it or you're touching it or you want to do something for it, infuse our planet and our mother earth with your love because she needs it the most. Oh my God. Yeah. She needs it. She needs it. And I think receives it, you know, and I think it's uh, so important to just, yeah, love this place, love this place, love where you are, love this earth that we're given. Like what a crazy miracle that we're out here, you know, hurtling through space on this crazy planet, you know, (laughs) it doesn't exist anywhere else. And that is just magic, you know, and it's easy. I mean, you're not going to appreciate the magic of everything every minute of every day. But when you do, when you have that little mindful moment, moment of love, just, I remember walking with grandmother Josephine and she was like, we're sending love to, you know, we're we're sending love to the lake. We're sending love for us. It's like our grandmother and grandfather, you know, the earth and the elements are are, our grandparents. It's our family. It's our, exactly. And and I love that idea. And I, I, you know, as a city that can feel very disconnected from the fact that we're on this amazing Great Lake, you know, I, and anyone, wherever you live, whether you're on a lake or you're, you know, you've got a park somewhere nearby, like just go take off your shoes and walk around like a crazy person like we do. Yep. Get into it because it's good. <laughs> it is good. I mean, that's why I love the Japanese talk about that whole forest basic bathing thing because it's like, you know, it's a culture that's so famous for overworking. And then they do these amazing forest walks where it's just like, let the forest bathe you. That is what it does. Like we get cleaned, we get reborn, we get, we feel so good. And for me, like a forest is church, you know? And and the lake is the baptism. You know, I always think of that whenever I, specifically oceans. I always think when I'm at an ocean, I I feel like it's church for me. Yeah. Okay, so um, church. I think of, okay, so think of church. Think of stained glass windows. Think of colors. Mm-hmm. Blowing through the windows. Mm-hmm. I like to wrap up all my podcasts with associations with color because um, I think without anyone having the ability to see your beautiful face and to be in your presence like I get to be, which I feel every time I leave your presence, I always say, I love you so much. Love you so much. That I, you're my soul sister. Forever. And I would not know what this life is like without you by my side. Mm. Um, but when I ask you questions, I want you to associate them with colors okay. so that people can kind of feel what you feel. Okay. So when you think of, so close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath, and I want you to tell everyone, um, when you think of the environment, Mother Earth, what color do you see? Mm, Deep green. And then when you think of helping her and doing everything that you can and just doing your part, what color do you see? I see yellow. I see yellow. It's like the sun bathing earth with love, that kind of thing. And when you're writing, when you're in your little fun, crazy, wild writer nook that I've seen. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> my granny nook. Well, that's actually like some retro green right there. So, is that <laughs> what color it's you see? <laughs> what color do you see when you're like in your wild granny journalist nook? Yeah, it's all green because I'm actually like I'm. I'm. It's on the second floor, so I just see treetops, and then the room itself is like, uh, yeah, funky green. Uh, it's green. Yeah, exactly. So, it's uh, it's full of plants, like floor to ceiling. So, it's, yeah, definitely writing is all green. Okay, so close your eyes. When you're meditating, mm-hmm. what color do you see? Red for some reason. Root, I guess. Yeah, root chakra. Because I'm so, um, I can be pretty ungrounded as we talked about, a little bit of air sign. And so for me, the, the meditation is just a, a moment to ground and kind of connect to the earth and root down. And so I guess the root chakra comes to mind. When you're taking care of your body and you're eating good food um, that's locally sourced, uh, from your farmer's market and you know who made what and you just finished slathering your pits with some elements <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know you're you're taking care of of your vessel with all the things that you know um are you're doing the best you can what color is that i'm, I'm getting it sound really boring because i'm like going harping on the green but farmer's markets i mean yeah i, I it's kind of a mix because i see like purples and like the purple I kind of also see purple in there because I see the whole you know all the weird heirloom vegetables that are so beautiful like jewels um so I'd say it's a fusion of green and purple Ooh, I love that though that's like higher self and heart chakra mm, love it that's beautiful okay and last but not least what color do you want to shout out send out to all the people who are listening here today um that's going to infuse their hearts and their spirits and their energy with the love of our planet and whatever they can do to help. What color is that? I mean, you know me. If you know me, you know that I'm like all turquoise all the I've been waiting time. for it. I've been waiting for it. <laughs> I'm like, girl, I, can't, I mean, I can't lie. All these questions are making me think green, but you know turquoise is my favorite color. Um, yeah. And to me, it's like the color of you know, kind of a gorgeous Caribbean sea. It's if you're thinking earth, you know, it's the color of like glacial lakes. It's the color of my last two bikes. Although I've just- Slash your entire life. My entire, yeah. Every chair I've painted over in my dining room. <laughs> your turquoise is my pink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, exactly. My armor and my bedroom, everything's turquoise. And yeah, to me, it's just such a joyous color. And it's like sky and happiness and- just high vibrations and love. You know, my house is a mix of like turquoise. Earth tones. And purple. And earth purple tones. In there too, right? Yeah. I got like, There's a little bit of like peachiness, little like dusty orange. orange dusty I got, orange. I got like an orange turquoise purple thing going on. I love that combo though. It's freaking beautiful. Your place <laughs> I mean, is beautiful. You okay, we all know. We, they don't know this, but you. I made some suggestions. Made some suggestions. Listen, just small little touches, nothing big. You lightened the place up. I did. Yeah. But and you know, it's it's little things that we, I, I do for you as you do for me. That's awesome. the beautiful symbiotic nature of love yeah. is that when you love someone, you just want to give them whatever you got. I was like going to try and pull out some air supply there. Uh, it was like, <laughs> when you love someone, and then I was going to go into, hold me now. Hold. It's hard <laughs> for me to say I'm sorry. I just want you, you to know. know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is your 
last minute to tell everybody that's listening to this totally wild 16th episode of the Love Jam. Yeah. Talking about Mother Earth, the environment, Mm -hmm. some beautiful little spiritual uh, magic in between. Yeah. What do you want the people to know? It's just, you know, I want people to to know that... um, to remember to do all things with love when you can, to follow the, the TP, Tiffany Pratt, you know, mantra of love and to send some of that love, like we were saying, to the earth, you know. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a lot of different things. I'm not just like a, you know, environmentalist, you know, the hundred hours of the day, uh, but I do feel like a messenger for the earth. If you were, when I was in some weird uh, meditation retreat and they were like, okay, now we're going to chant in your ear over and over again. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? I'm like, this is getting weird. Stop asking me that question. But one thing that kept coming up in my mind was that, you know, um, and if- You were a messenger? There are many of us. There's no, like I know, thousands but I, of us. Of I messengers know, but, for the earth. But you, I, I love this. I love that you are a messenger for the earth because I know that about you. Mm. And I see that in you. And it's so, it's not even put on. It's just in your blood. I, it's how you're made. I, I feel like- I feel like since that Exxon Valdez oil spill, that shit got in my blood. And I just, um, yeah, and know that like, you know what? You don't have to be perfectly green. There is no perfection. I'm certainly not perfect. We can go through a long list of ways that I'm not, you know, as an environmentalist. Um, but just know that every little thing you do makes a difference. Everything you do with love and consciousness makes a difference. Yes. It's received. It makes a difference. And my mom always taught me that, uh, you know, I remember being like, I don't know, teenager activists frustrated and uh, not feeling like what I was doing was making a difference. And in her French Canadian accent, which I will not imitate right now, she did. Please do it. Please try. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I want her to have like a heavy joie. Do it. Know, Quebec accent, but she doesn't. So I'm going to pretend she does, you know. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. What did she say? Uh, she just told me, you know, Adria, you, I can't do it. But she basically said, you can change the world just by changing your little corner of it. And if we each work on our little corners, we eventually we have a better world to call home. And you don't have to worry about changing the whole world because it's overwhelming. And I change yourself. Uh, exactly. Just change, change yourself. yourself. Change yourself, you know? And I kind of want to end it there. Let's do it. I love that. Because you know you and I could just keep going for like No, no, but I think <laughs> I think that that's a really great way to end this. I think that in order to change, you know, your environment, yeah. you have to change your environment. Mm-hmm. Change yourself. You know, your inner environment is your external environment. I highly recommend you jump on Amazon. This is not a plug. I love your books and not because I love you. You're incredibly intelligent and they're so informational on this topic. So if you are interested in anything we're talking about today, please know this is the Cliffs, Cliffs, Cliffs notes of what you're about to dive into. And she covers all topics on the environment and how you can have an eco life. Um, I'm saying this because I think we all should. Yep. And so jump on Amazon, buy her books, start your library. She has four of them. I feel so privileged to be around you and who you are and your vibration and above all to love you and to call you my friend. Uh, okay, Coco, you're going to have to like, cut the shit off. We did it. We did it. I got to end this podcast with a verbal love letter to you, the listener. I wouldn't be sitting in front of this microphone sharing my love 
and my peoples without you. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for tuning in, supporting, commenting, wherever you are. I'm so grateful. If you want more love by way of any other medium from podcast, I'm available at tiffanypratt.com or on Instagram, which is at the Tiffany Pratt. I'm sharing all my love in other ways on those mediums. And more than anything, Delta Faucets Canada, this podcast would not be happening without you. Your support, your encouragement to be here is everything. And Coco, the mixing, the mastering, the music, it wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't be slick and we wouldn't even have a beautiful place to record if it wasn't for you. This is a village of beautiful people who have made beautiful things happen. And I am humbled and I am grateful. So until next time, friends, thank you for listening. I look forward to having you back. And I'm so grateful that we found each other here.